Do you know what I would do if we swap bodies? What was that? What would you do? Go out and have delicious oysters. Oh, my my body would throw up. They would reject it. <laughs> when you come back, all of a sudden you'll be craving them, and you'll be like, "Oh, I know. oh, I really want oysters." People crave oysters. Welcome to Kokoro Beat Podcast. I'm Minuet, a newcomer who brings a fresh set of eyes to the anime world. And we have Sad Dad, a manga enthusiast and seasoned anime watcher since the days of early Toonami. Together, we bring our unique perspectives, love of anime, and plenty of humor to boot in a series that covers some of the most emotional, tear-jerking, and thought-provoking romance animes that we feel just don't get the credit that they deserve. This is Kokoro Beat Podcast. I looked it up, oddly enough, there are like, because I was like, let me see what this means, because I, I didn't know what it meant. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a, the, the word itself is, I think it's heart, mind, or spirit is the yeah. three different words, but they have like three different names for heart in Japanese. I, I, I like it. I like it. And it's, it's cool because um, it's essentially we're the heartbeat podcast, but we're not iHeartRadio. So we're, we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not stealing anyone's previous names. This is new. Is different. Yeah, that's true, and it's catchy. It's yeah. fun to say. It is fun to say. It's like it's like Totoro. Tot- yeah, I Kok- actually, Kokoro. I thought <laughs> immediately thought of that as well. Uh, Totoro Kokoro. So, I think that manga I had such a brief experience with growing up, and I didn't really explore that option. I kind of went into, um, well, it's not for me, or. I don't want to be like the anime club kids in my high school because they they were kind of mean to me too. Like I was never a popular kid, but the, like the anime kids weren't nice either. Um, and what? My, they, they weren't they, nice to you? They were they were always kind of mean. I remember this one kid. I know him. I know him because he had the most bleach blonde type hair. He had a rolly backpack, and he was in the anime club. Oh, no. And man, he was bullied hard. And I try to be friendly with him because I'm like, I'm like, it's unfortunate that they're so mean to him, but like he was mean to me too. Like I talked to him and he's just like, what? And I'm like, okay, geez. So, cause that's I, so, where I'm like, how low on the totem pole were you in high school? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine. Right. Cause I'm so yeah. popular now. You're so cool now. Right, 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 yeah. Right. You're just the such a difference. <laughs> Anyways, I think that, I think that my, the, like my most like common recollection of course would be like Dragon Ball Z because I think all the kids um were watching it. I think age groups like 13 to 13 to like tw- early 20s back then were probably watching Dragon Ball Z. So like I think that it was the most common thing and it was like right after like some of the most popular cartoons on Cartoon Network. So like I think it was just it was super common and then only ever again towards high school and the only two things i remember are bleach and it was like just whatever episodes were on toonami and then um berserk because uh my my sister actually uh was really into berserk back then and um i saw the 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 tv series after that point i never really watched anime again until recently and i've i i think the past year two years i've been just jumping into it, doing as much, like reading as much manga and watching as much anime as, as I've seen um, in these past couple of years. And it's been 
it's been insane how much I've I remember or like or stuff that I I saw in passing or maybe I saw an episode. I'm like, okay, I remember this or I know what this is about. So in my nerdy type of way, it's uh it's been a nice it's been nice to jump into it and it's been amazing. Yeah, that surprises me. For some reason, I just assumed that you had always been into anime. I think it's one of those things that I I wish I did more, but I was like too nervous to get into. I wasn't cool to the to those kids, so I didn't. I never really had someone to like open that gate for me. Everyone was kind of gatekeepy of anime for the people. People kind of were very protective of it because they didn't want any sort of outsiders doing it. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. See, I uh. I guess my only experience with anime when I was growing up was obviously like Pokemon was huge for me. Oh yeah, Pokemon, um, yeah. Played the games, the shows were on, so watched the shows. I remember going to see the Pokemon movie in the theater. And then I think in like my preteen years, like Sailor Moon made an impact. Um, so I watched that, I remember. But other than that, I really didn't see much. Um, my mm-hmm. brother was super into it, my little brother. So I just kind of always was like, uh, my annoying little brother is into this. I'm not interested. But it was always on in my house. And he's like continued to be super into it. And then it wasn't until I want to say college when I had a crush on someone who was like super into anime. I was like, hey, bro, give me an anime to watch. I I hope you said that. I hope you said that word for word. Hey, bro. I did. Hey, bro. I do that all the time. This list, I'm like, hey, bro. By the way, Pokemon um, movie, nothing to scoff at. You said you watched it. It's literally the top 10, one of the top 10 films, grossing-wise. Um, 172 million worldwide. Um, and this was back in 1998. So that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big name drop, but it's, it's, wor- it's worthy. It's top 10. So just wanted to say. So I've seen the important films. Right, 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 right. But yeah, he, uh, he recommended Death Note to me. Okay. And I watched that okay. with my crush. And I really liked it. I was like, oh, this is an interesting concept. This is cool. Um, Minus the filler episodes. I skipped a lot of those. (laughs) And then other than that, he had me watch Your Name in the Theater with him. He had me watch A Silent Voice, I believe, is the name. Yep. yep, Um, That was a good one. And just recently, I've started to kind of be getting into anime more and been wanting to explore that genre. Or not genre, but medium. So the base of this film is... And I'll read it here. It says two teenagers share a profound magical connection upon discovering they are swapping bodies. Things manage to become even more complicated when the boy and girl decide to meet in person. It kind of jumps a bit (laughs) in the description, but I think it's important to talk about because the main thing I think that we'll talk about later, I believe, but the main thing that kind of hits for me in this is this magical connection. Would you say this film is like big fantasy like it's it's really like a like mad like would you say magical is the word that's a good question yes but not it's not like huge it's not like epic like magic fantasy like you're saying it's more like small scale magical right so it's like it's like it's in a way it's big because it's like time-based and like they're they're doing such a like it's a body swap like a body swap is not it's not nothing so Mm -hmm. but it doesn't feel like magical spells they're not they're not encanting anything they're not flying you know it's there's no dragons yeah no not even one not Mm -hmm. not even (laughs) one dragon so so no i i agree i agree that magical isn't quite it. I, I just like I, I can understand that it, it is, you know. But magic light, you know, is there a diet magic, you know, that that, <laughs> that we're experiencing? 
Um, but that's that for me within the synopsis, I was just, I was reading over it and I was like, okay, yeah, that, that is what the film is about. But I feel like in a way it doesn't say it enough, like quite what it is. What, what would you say the film, like if you had to put it in a sentence of being like what it's about, you can go over if you want to, what would you say your name is about? Um, I'd say it's about two people with very different lives that find themselves swapping bodies and learning about themselves in the process. Yeah, honestly, honestly, it, 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 like for me, like more than the fantasy, I connect to the the story, um, the the feelings they get to go through, and um, kind of Mitsuha getting the the desire that she wanted, which was you know living the the, the life of a of a boy. Um, and Taki kind of being hijacked out of out of his into into another another person's life. I think it would be important that we kind of go through some of these moments in the timeline and then kind of recall some of those moments that we liked the best and kind of maybe what what moments that we maybe caused confusion. Because I think that I think dislike would be a strong word in this film because there's not a lot of things that I dislike. It would be a very short review if we did. But I think that there's a few things that are confusing. Um, and I think that's where that's where this film, it's like it's like you want to rewatch it to figure out where that confusion lies. But I think a lot of it's left to um, interpretation. I think that from the beginning, um, because whenever we begin this film, really, it's the it's the it's sort of the beginning and one of the last moments in the film. And that is the comet approaching. What did you think about that first moment in the film where the comet was approaching, where she's like looking up into the sky and seeing it and then seeing it again later? I mean, when I first saw the comet, I found it very confusing. I was just mm -hmm. like, OK, there's a comet. And then they don't really um, expound upon it mm -hmm. for quite a while. Like you see you hear mentions of a comet coming. But you, they don't say, like, is this the same comet? Is, did this mm -hmm. happen in the past? You have no um, conception of time. So, yeah, it was, it was confusing. I feel like the very first parts of the movie were a bit confusing and jarring for me watching it. Yeah, the jumping of back and forth. Just because you're figuring out, like, what's going on. And, yeah, there's a lot of jumping back and forth. Yeah, I think, I think that's, it's almost like it's, like, my, my, my personal, like, belief of it is that they want to jar you so much that by the time you're, the movie starts and it's talky in the, in the body of Mitsuha, you, you're going, okay, yeah, this is normal. Like, like you're, you're, you've already seen so much of, like, back and forth, the, the comment, these, the quotes, you know, the narration, and then jump in, all right, boy in, boy in a girl's body, here we go. One thing I would like to say about, I, I feel like the beginning, like we really get a feel of Mitsuha and her life mm -hmm. and how, you know, she's discontent in her life. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we get that feel with Taki. Like right. we spend a lot of time with Mitsuha just as herself. Mm -hmm. And with Taki, yeah. we don't. And even when we finally do have Taki as himself, he's on a journey trying to find out about Mitsuha. Yeah. So in a way, she's almost like the center of this film. I mean, they're both main characters, mm -hmm. but I feel like Mitsuha kind of stands out more. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think that Taki, we, we see his dad maybe once in the entire film. Um, and that's really just yeah, to tell them to like, old, yeah, it seemed like there was really, um, I don't know if like maybe their parents are separated or what the situation was with Taki's uh, mom. Like if there's some, there's something different in that situation. There's a bit of thing about anime, I guess, um, I guess that I've gotten 
pretty well versed in is that is that parents may may or may not be present um for teenage kids like they they kind of like parents will go work and they won't necessarily be in the house all the time or they'll have they'll, they'll be at a totally different location because their kids are going to a school um maybe somewhere that's um further away from the workplace so i think i think that's something that it's hard to get used to so it's hard to tell if it's um if Taki maybe does have some trauma, but really, uh, from, from what I grasp in this film, uh, Taki seems like he's living the normal high school boy life. He doesn't seem like he really has too much um, weighing on him versus Mitsuha. So yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree that it's um, it's a bit hard to tell, but um, I think that really Mitsuha seems to be the main character of this film. I feel like there's a big emphasis on like femininity and masculinity. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess the traits that are very often thought of in those terms, like Mitsuha is, is shy and reserved and too scared to, I guess, take her life into her own hands. Like she's just kind of going with the flow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that she doesn't have a mom, like her mom passed away. Her dad's not in her life. Right. She doesn't have any type of male presence in her life at all. Yeah, and then right. he's raised by a grandmother. And then Taki doesn't seem like he has any kind of female presence in his life mm-hmm. as far as what we see. So in a way, I think when they switch bodies and it's it's almost like they discover like Mituha discovers the masculine side of herself for mm-hmm. what people consider to be masculine traits. Yeah, like, like the, the boldness, boldness and standing yeah, up yeah. to things. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And then Taki on on the other side kind of discovers his feminine side to himself. Like he can be softer. He can show his feelings more. It really softens him up throughout the film. It's definitely what attracted Miss Ogodera, I think, to him, like from the get-go. And I think that um, she even says it, you know, like your feminine side. Like I didn't realize you had this. But by, I guess, the, the bandage that he had on his face from before, he clearly was acting very brash, very bold. Um, maybe gotten a fight before this film started that we hadn't seen before. Um, so I can tell that it's interesting uh, that you took that that way that he, that he got into a fight because I just assumed like she tried to shave and cut herself. Maybe that's the, that, that might be the case. It might be the case. It seemed like a big bandage, <laughs> but it but, was a big bandage. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, it's possible. It could have been just a razor, razor, razor cut. You know, that's entirely possible. I did not think of that, but yeah. So I definitely with what she said, she was definitely saying that maybe you do have this feminine side I didn't see before, and and she was definitely interested from that point. I think that definitely changed the situation. But it's it, it from what you were saying before you know, with, with Mitsuha and the way that she's sort of carrying herself. I think that she, of course, wants to escape this life this, uh, that, she, that, that she's living. Um, and when she asks her friend, it's, um, I think it's uh, Sayaka and then Katsuhiko, like the, the, the sort of not couple, but, but they seem like they're, they, I think they're a couple by the end of the film. So I'll say couple that, that, that she's best friends with. They're saying that, you know, um, I think I'm just going to work for my father's plants or, you know, I think the girl, maybe she didn't want to leave at all. Like she didn't really never thought about leaving to live in a big city. So, um, nobody really else shares this feeling. So it's not like Mitsuha is going to get it from anyone else. So she's kind of alone in her, in her experience and in her thoughts. And I think that's kind of unfortunate, but it's like this experience helps her break that shell. So it's, I think, I think that, 
to my next point. Um, do you feel like this is a pseudo weird coming of age story? I think honestly, it's more of a coming of age story than like, I know you, you kind of posed the question of if you had to pick one, Mm -hmm. a romance, a coming of age story or fantasy, I would say coming of age story overall. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, honestly, yeah. I mean, of course this is the romance anime podcast, but, <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> I think that romance doesn't necessarily have to be at the forefront. It doesn't have to be older on host club where like every single episode is about like connecting people and, uh, in relationships and like the drama behind that. I think that while this is a romance anime, um, at least to a, a greater part, I think that uh, this is still very much a coming in age, a coming of age story that that happens to be uh, that happens to have romance in it, um, and of course fantasy, of course that kind of mixed in our our diet magic uh, story. Right. So yeah. I think I think yeah, I think I I think that it being a, a coming of age story makes a lot of sense to me. I think that you could argue that. This has enough elements to where if you're going to talk about genre, you, you would still say romance. Um, but mm-hmm. with it being enough of a coming of age story, you could call it a slice of life <laughs> with a bit of magic it mixed in. I think I've seen enough slice of life to go like, OK, yeah, this, is, this has a lot of like drama and just kind of daily living. If it wasn't a body swap, then I think that, you know, I think that would. Um, that's what I would call it. So. um. And speaking of body swap, um, have you seen any other uh, films that have, I guess, a similar likeness to this? I mean, the only one I can think of is a Freaky Friday uh, type of style, and I don't think that there's any others. But do you have any like? Do you have any films that you'd say this is similar to, whether it's anime or not? Um, when it comes to like body swapping films, I, I immediately thought of Freaky Friday. I haven't seen it, but I do know the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, where the girl swaps places with her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm sure they had some kind of contentious relationship, and in swapping places, they got closer and learned to understand each other better. Right, um, right, right. Um, the only other movie I can think of, there was a movie growing up I saw called Wish Upon a Star mm-hmm. about two sisters who swapped bodies. I don't know if it was like a Disney movie. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was the same thing. Like one sister was the popular girl, and the other sister was the dork. And they swap bodies. When you wish and then, upon course, a star. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and of course, they learn about each other's lives. It makes them closer as sisters. I haven't seen or can think of anything, though. Those are all like re- revolving around family members swapping. Right, right, right. This is like the only thing I've ever experienced where it's literally two strangers swapping lives. Yeah, and I think it kind of starts to that formula of, you know, that first they have a contention towards each other. I think it's, of course, like a very much like a, like a, in a friendship type of way where they, at first they're, they're kind of like bashing on each other and it's kind of like that, that little bit of the hate, but it's very, it's very much, you can feel the connections that they're making with each other because they're immediately doing things for each other. They're immediately trying to make their lives as normal as possible. Uh, and, and Mitsuha um, doing things for Taki to help his love life cause to kind of go like, well, let me make your life better. I think Taki doesn't necessarily do the same. He's kind of just living his life. 
um, mm-hmm. in her body. But um, I think that Mitsuha really embracing his is definitely trying to make it better. And I think that's where even where they realize don't realize it, they're kind of making that a romantic connection with each other. Um, I think that this relationship wouldn't have happened without Mitsuha doing that. And I think that Mitsuha really is the one making the 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 effort here maybe for herself maybe it's selfish in a way but in in a way it's very it's very sweet but when honestly honestly when i think of um things that that your name is similar to i oddly enough think of the the city mouse and country mouse which is the the classic story of um someone living in the country uh visiting their relative who lives in the city and then vice versa um i just have to say i hate you right now why now i have coco melon city mouse yeah mouse you running it. through my head for for the rest of time so yeah, it's god never it'll never leave it's part of your it's part of your it's part of your dna at this point oh um, my god. so i think that it's it's funny that the, the, it's not direct of course it's not like they're like it's not like there's mice in this but but i think that truly uh mitsua lives a life that is really um the country uh, you know strict to traditions um stubborn to change uh everyone knows everyone um and uh you really have a pretty like well thought out like your your days are pretty much like there's not really interesting things they're caught their version of a coffee shop is a vending machine so i think that uh she's very much country mouse whereas taki is very much city mouse um, the, the cafes, the, the beautiful food and the, 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 the I think hand-drawn animation, which comes out beautifully. Um, and you see like the, him taking the, or yes, in this case it would be Mitsua, Mitsua taking the photos of the food and the, the restaurants and the, even the way they travel is mostly by, uh, by rail, um, and, or I guess, I guess it would be like the, the bullet train, et cetera. So I think that that difference and the, the, that contrast is very much City Mouse, Country Mouse. Yeah, and I think it's um, very cool that each one of them, uh, Mitsuha as Taki, has this like kind of awe-inspiring moment where she looks at Tokyo for the first time and it's beautiful mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. And then Taki as Mitsuha also has an experience when he's walking with um, the grandmother and sister to the the shrine and they're like on the hilltop and they're just taking in that nature and the beauty of it and how it's like so beautiful to them and they're able to experience or appreciate it because it's the opposite of what they normally see yeah i agree i think i think that it's like it's that that realization that you're not just in a another town um you're in a you're in a whole different whole different part of the world um and that's why the the journey to finding uh itamori was such a a big one because um because i think you expect to when you first see it you, you expect to see it again that same beauty that, that that maybe we saw before and then seeing that it's not the case then it, that was that was such a, a stark realization i think it was it was very one of the, once again one of those very tense moments where it was previously there was so much hope like you hope that they can make that connection you hope that they see um the other person at the sort of just beyond the the horizon and then turns out that it's 
it's uh it's much sadder than we re remembered um why are my eyes watery and why are they moist uh so it's just it's like um it's definitely uh it's a it's very very powerful yeah it definitely hit me very heavily when he goes and finally sees what has become of mm -hmm. itamori and then speaking of when it hits um on that night that final night that we see and Mitsuha is walking in to see her friends. Her friends are like, her friends are absolutely stunned. And it's the fact that she, she's cut her hair. What do you think was the purpose of her, of her cutting her hair? Um, I think there are two big things that I took away from that particular moment. Um, when you first see it, you don't know the fact that she's visited Taki. Mm -hmm. And so when I first saw her cut her hair, I kind of took it as her like, cutting away the restraints of that feminine side, right? Like she doesn't mm -hmm. need talking. She's coming into her own and embracing, I guess, that masculine part of her personality more. Um, because to me, like long hair is very much considered a feminine thing. And she's like shedding that in a way. The other part of me, you know, once we find that she went and she visited Taki and he didn't recognize her and how completely devastating that must have been to her. Mm -hmm. it, it does feel, and I know that um, her friend says, why do men always think of cutting hair as a breakup? But I do think that it was almost like this weird meta comment. Yeah, like, like they're uh, saying, it, it, it happens in anime a lot too, where they'll say it and they'll be like, they'll be like, I wonder if he fell off that cliff <laughs> and, and it turns out mm -hmm. like that's them explaining that that person who just disappeared most likely fell off a cliff. Yeah. It, it, they do that frequently in anime where they kind of, they explain it without having to show it. Um, but I feel like, I feel like it's, I feel like it's both in a way. I feel like both, both of your, your answers are, <laughs> are equally mm -hmm. as plausible because yeah, it, it, it could have been, it could have been just absolutely I devastating. I think both can, both can exist at the same time, honestly. Yeah. Like she's severing her ties with Taki because one, like that dream, I guess is severed of like him recognizing her and the meeting and connecting. Um, but it's like if she doesn't have Taki anymore, like she has to come into her own. That's the perfect uh, analogy for, I guess, the, the connection to the, uh, the Miyamisu quote, which is the, the chords represent the flow of time. They, they twist, tangle, unravel, and connect. And that's what time is. I feel like in a lot of ways, the cutting of hair um, relates to that in that while they were, their lives were previously entangled and bound together, they also unravel at a certain point and end. And um, at the end of every uh, chord that they make, there's, there's, a, there's a severed end. And so maybe that, that moment was their unraveling and that severing uh, is what disconnected them. So if, if, the, if this is true magic and it was the, it was the binding itself that did it, um, then it, we, we have really the... A lot of metaphors that can be made across the film where um, where their their bindings were either severed or joined, um, and what those what that union truly meant. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I'm learning a lot, lots of metaphors in, in this anime. Metaphors film. <laughs> on metaphors. Um, 
I want to talk a little bit about how Taki is able to get that connection back once he realizes that mm-hmm. he's no longer switching bodies with Mitoha. And he feels that absence and he like goes on that big like kind of quest and search to find the town of Itamori. And then of course finds that it is had has been destroyed. Um, but then he's able to make that connection with her again purely because of drinking. Uh God, I'm forgetting the name of it. Do you it's, know the name of it? It's like fermented rice. Uh so it's like a it's like a liqueur that they or like I guess a fermented liquor that they make in their in their mouths, but I can't remember the exact name for it. I'll look it up while you're while you're saying your answer. No, hold on. I have it written down. I have it written down. Kuchi Kamizaki. Yes. There you go. That's that's it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so honestly, with this, um, this big journey that he's making, I think that something that during the whole time while he's making this, this search, I'm like, you're about to be hella disappointed, but (laughs) you're not going to be super excited about what's going on. Um, it's, it's a little bit frustrating to, to, for him to go when he's going through it and like, he's like the connections just aren't being made there. Um, it's like almost like people have forgotten that a whole, a whole town was destroyed by a meteor. Mm -hmm. Like to everyone else, it was just sort of a blip and like a a moment in their news. Um, and truly, you know, uh, nothing like when we think about like the greater, the greater, uh, good that has been done. Hundreds of lives, if not thousands, were saved. I think they said. I think by the end of it, there were some who were stubborn who still stayed in the town. But oh my gosh, I so like got an image of like a hurricane's coming. We're gonna stay put. <laughs> right. That's the image I got. Right. 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 Yeah. The government you want, you, says to evacuate, but we're not going. You this need to bring your home. storm cells. You need to like build your storm cells like like uh, hundreds of feet under the ground now. <laughs> right. That, yeah. That comet hit hard. Um, honestly, it was, it was frustrating because it was just like, it was constantly like, no, nobody really knew. I think, I think so many people were stunned by it, but I mean. Yeah. Like uh, nobody seems to remember this town. It's very odd until he finally like just happens to stumble across two people whose parents lived there. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they drive them there. I wonder, I, I, I honestly, I. I'm not super good at making the connections. I wonder if you see those people in the film earlier or if they're notable people in the film. Um, oh my gosh. I want to, I want to go back and, and right now. Some, some homework for anybody listening. <laughs> Tell me if the people he meets with, um, whether they're, they're family members or, um, maybe it's someone we see in the film and we just don't realize it. I know that there's a lot of Easter eggs that happen in other films. Um, but I, I wonder if there's anything that upon a second watch, someone realized like, oh yeah, you saw them. You just, you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, I think that that whole journey, um, really just by the end of it, um, the, the blurring of worlds, uh, they, they mentioned it a few times. They call it the golden hour. I believe it is. Is it right? The, Twilight. The, the, yeah. So Time it's time when something magical can take place. I, I think that's where maybe the, the seat of my confusion uh, still kind of lies. I think that whenever the worlds do blur together, like I, I, 
it's it's strange, but like you had me with you know drinking the the uh, whatever that word was, uh, <laughs> drinking the the alcohol, and because it was connected to her, and they have such a strong connection that that connection wasn't fully gone. You know, you refound her, um, mm-hmm. but meeting at sort of the ridge of that mountain and looking at the uh, the now like beautiful scape and then seeing uh, seeing each other running into each other and now they can finally see each other and and hold each other I think that's a big moment very very sappy that moment that was the one for... moment where I actually like got teary yeah I think yeah. The, the giving back of the of the red yarn the 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 cord back to her and and she immediately uses it um and uh her writing uh they're like they they're, they're writing each other's names or trying to and unfortunately are not successful uh because whenever Taki writes on Mitsuha's arm instead of writing his name he writes I love you it's very it's very pull at the heartstrings kind of moment um and it's just a wonderful mm-hmm. moment where they meet each other because there's been so much buildup, so yeah. much buildup to this one moment where they finally see each other and then recognize each other for who they are. Right, right. I think that... And then I love that, like, the first thing they do is fight. <laughs> Immediately back to their old selves, like, yeah, like, right. like an old yeah. couple. Just It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so, it's so um, true to what I think being a part of a couple is in, in romance in general, like being in love, you bicker like that sometimes. And they finally, it's like they're, they're getting everything they've wanted to say out. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And it's like, no, like focus on the important thing, like put your names down and they run out of time, which is just such a commentary of how like you always think you have enough time with the person you love. Okay. I don't want to cry again. Stop. <laughs> um. <laughs> But you know, but, I think I think that last part you said, especially, was it was really um, true. Like the like coming to realize that they have this new part about themselves that they can they can use. And now that she feels emboldened by um, by Taki, she she runs out and she confronts her father about about everything. And it's kind of like that weird realization that. The father realizes that she's uh that she's changed um and the choices that she makes throughout the town you know to stir up the people um is like their way of making these bold decisions, these bold moves, which are slightly criminal, but we won't talk about it slightly. Uh, so, but for the purposes of saving lives uh and and that they're different people than they were before. They they've they've made changes about themselves. Um, maybe her friends by by proxy. I think what that what the metaphor that I've come up with that you can most closely explain that to is to the chords. In that the chords may start out red, but then they mix in certain colors: whites, the oranges, the pinks, and the blues. And those can come in at any point and really change the look of the chord altogether. Um, a chord may may simply be one, but the number of strings and colors that you see in the chords can be a simple pattern, but they can also be very hectic 
and sort of all over the place. So I think that Taki, in a way, is that the introduction to that new color into her personal, like her own chord. And giving back mm-hmm. that chord is like him giving that part of himself, like, like oh, I had your chord, I'm giving it back, um, in that here's the part that I added to it. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that she's now forever changed um, just as uh, Taki's of a, uh, forever changed, you know, making this journey. I really love how I know that Taki like gets the plans underway mm-hmm. to save the town. And that's because he has the knowledge that something is going to happen. But I do love that they switch back right when it matters and that Mitsuha saves herself in the town yeah. and like finishes what he started. Um, I'm really glad it wasn't just like Taki doing everything. I think it was very necessary. Yeah, to she's have not that a damsel really in distress. Yes, and show Mitsuha as like her new self and how she's changed. Right. So I think I think that's that's big, and um, it was it was nice too that that he was part of it. I think because it was like more than anything, he made the journey for her, and I think that he wanted to do he wanted to do so much more for her but i don't think he knew exactly how to to do it right so it was it was nice that he just like he did in the beginning of the film or that just like she did in the beginning of the film like pushing him forth to to date this new person i think that he was trying to do the same in a very haphazard and (laughs) in a very chaotic way um sort of like the coming together of all these teens who are like mapping out their plans i think that's um Mm -hmm. Very prime teenage kid mentality, like yeah, we're gonna figure this out as bros, you know, type of thing. But um, like, I didn't have that type of friendship. I'm like right. these friends. I need to get friends like this. Like they'll blow up this factory for me if I say, yeah, ride or die. That something bad's gonna happen. <laughs> yes, ride or dies. I'm like, damn, good friendships. Yeah, I think that um, the only unfortunate thing. By the end of all of this, you know, uh, we we're so happy that you know that the the main people we know, you know, R.I.P. all the people who didn't make it, but uh, all the people who survive, and of course the main characters. Now they forget, they forget everything um, as mm-hmm. as they're repeating the names to themselves of the other person, or just trying to remember them. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Taki wrote I love you instead of his name? Do you think he just thought he had more time to write more or? I think he was, I think he knew in a way. I think he knew that it wouldn't matter if he wrote his name. I think if, I think if they both had written their names on, on each other's arms, by the time that they would look at it, they go, yeah, I remember one time I had this someone's name on my arm. Maybe it was just like someone in passing wrote my name, wrote their name on my arm. I think they would have forgotten anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't have mattered entirely. I think it was like their their effort to try to make it work. But I think Taki knew with all the text messages that disappeared and how everything just kind of went away. And then he mm-hmm. couldn't even remember her, even though he lived in her body. Um, I think that he, in a way, was just going, what's going to stick? the longest um and he was i think he was hoping that maybe the feeling was was it and i think it was a good idea oh, in I a like way because when they finally see each other i think uh, on the pa- passerby on the train i think that they're they immediately know 
something about that person. And I think that love connection is what did it. Cause it wasn't a name because they, the last thing that they say is what is your name? So I think that a feeling is what transcends that, that gap or that, that severing of their, of their ties together. So maybe, maybe it was meta smart, but I think you could, I think you could discount it and say, you know, sad that you're being crazy. Uh, he was just being a silly boy. And I would be like, you know what? Fine. That's, that's, that's fire. That's fair. But I personally, um, he was just trying to be extra romantic. Right. Right. I think that what a he, way, how can you top that? Like yeah. <laughs> first time saying, I love you. You can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't top that guys. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> um, so exactly. that's the problem when you start out strong. Right. Yeah. The, now, now I guess the curiosity that I have and a question I have for you, how do you think their relationship goes post this film? I think, oh man, I think that it's beautiful that they don't remember everything. So mm-hmm. they have, they get to learn about each other all over again. And I think it's probably a very beautiful relationship because they have such a strong connection. Yeah. But clearly she, she, clearly she well. got the city life that she wanted uh, or she's at least in the city (laughs) so i think i think that she's there and i think that like he says i think he's like doing a job interview of some sort he says that something's been missing like there's just something just there's a there's a hole in my life that i can't explain you know i'm doing everything i need to do or that you know that's expected of me as an adult but there's just just this hole in my life that i can't quite you know fill so i think that that is like everything to them and maybe maybe when they do meet each other, they start to make those connections again about the parts that were missing and the experiences that they had. But I can't imagine that doing anything but increasing their 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 love for each other. I keep trying to like rack my brain for why I understand why Mitsuha is the one to swap bodies, but why Taki? And I guess I'm trying to decide like, are they saying that they're soulmates? And that's why. And does everybody have a soulmate? Like uh, her grandmother says, I had these dreams. Yeah. Your mother had these dreams. Like, does everybody in the world have a soulmate? Or is it just Mitsuha's family that has that connection to the old gods and magic? You know, honestly, I didn't think about it being a connection between soulmates, but that actually makes a lot more sense than what I had in mind. (laughs) So I guess that would tell me what you had in mind. Now I need to know. Personally, I thought of like, I guess you would say parallel universes type of thing. So if Mitsuha just happened to be outside of blast radius and would still live this life, um, live the life that she's living in Tokyo, maybe maybe the connection that she made to Taki in this parallel version uh, was not coincidental. Like maybe in a, in a different universe she had met up with Taki. So in a way that's kind of soulmates in a, in a way, but I'm thinking of more of like since they met up in Tokyo and they both happened to live there, maybe in a version of life where the comet did not break off, she was going to be in Tokyo anyway, and they were going to have a relationship together anyway. Um, I don't think so. I think just because you have a soulmate doesn't mean that you're destined to find them, at least in this world. I don't believe right. in soulmates, but with the concept of soulmates in general, like just because you have a soulmate doesn't mean you're going to find them. And I think if the comet hadn't hit, Mitsuha wouldn't 
probably have gotten the courage to go to Tokyo. That's so negative. She probably would have remained in her life. I'm just. (laughs) It's true though, because otherwise, like this is like what changes her. Mm -hmm. That confidence she has, she didn't forget that confidence she learned from Taki, even though she may have forgotten her memories from Taki. But like without this, she wouldn't have had that. And maybe she would have gone through something that would have brought her to that point. But then what's the reason for the story? I guess that's another question for any of our listeners. Uh, Why Taki? (laughs) Why do you believe Taki? Yeah, I think the soulmate's answer is a a, a good one, though. I think that that's that's entirely possible. Or maybe it's just a random lottery pick. You just happen to be... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the exact person. Taki won. <laughs> yeah, Taki won the lottery. Um, and with but it Mitsuha, had to be somebody so. who cared enough to like want to find her. Yeah. After like that uh, connection was severed. Yeah, and that that begs the question, yeah. truthfully, uh, of um, really, why? Like, like, why? Why does this film happen? Like, why does why does the breaking off a comment and the death of all these people, um. Why is there a chance to save it? Is it because of this, um, this belief in this, uh, this, this faith that they have that just some, there's a spiritual faith of like trying to protect its followers, its believers. Is it some sort of, um, you know, big spirit just trying to protect the people of its town and, um, is it like a mother nature type thing? Like, I, I don't really know. I, 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 I'd say the, that's where I mean, the magic kind of goes in. I would say it definitely is a tie to the old gods. Like mm-hmm. there's definitely a theme in there of honoring tradition and honoring the old way. And Mitsuha's family is the only, like they're responsible for it. So that's why it makes sense to me that Mitsuha was chosen to be the one yeah. because their her family is connected in a way the rest of the town isn't even connected. Yeah, a lot They've of them kind of looked at that, that and they kind of scoffed at it. Like it's like, oh, this you know old style thing. Like how could you do that? You know, it's like it's not like isn't that embarrassing for you? Like every everyone else is just like, yeah, we don't. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's all the people who died. You know, like uh, all the people who died in the comment at the end of the film. Are the people who didn't believe? Are the people who That'll didn't be respect the true, it? The true happy ending. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh! This <laughs> they <laughs> deserved. Kidding. They deserved everything coming Listen, to them. You're gonna bully my girl Mitsuha. Right. Right. Then, yeah. Because they were. They were mean. <laughs> they were mean. They were mean to her. They were mean to her. So they deserve comet death. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. The wrath of Minuet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to say I think there's something to be said. Like the comet hits once, and then this is another comet that breaks off and like hits the exact same spot. And it's almost like I don't know. There, it's like rejoining with its other part too. <laughs> the comet I has a love, a romance relationship. Right, they're they're comets that are in love. Yeah. And yeah. Now they're together. Now again. kiss. <laughs> No, they kissed. They kissed real big. And yeah, it just real big. Down. Yeah, the romance all along was was basically between rocks. And what bigger love could we ask for? Right. 
<laughs> I can see the shame in the right. Like, like, can't believe you just fucking said that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I feel that a lot of times when I talk to you. So. Oh, that's that's fair. That's fair. I guess I, I have I have two fu- two final thoughts that I will ask mm-hmm. you. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that the comedy? Because a lot of this is 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 funny. I say it's I'd say it's more funny than than serious. Do you think the comedy detracts from the seriousness of the film? I don't. I think it's needed um to endear the audience to the characters and the life and it, with anything with any tragedy you have to find the light in the tragedy and you have to like make that transition big for it to be impactful. Yeah. So I like that the first part was was very light and comedic. Yeah. And then we worked our way into this big reveal. I will say like that first sequence where Taki like feels his boobs immediately turns me <laughs> off. Like the first time I was like, yeah. uh, because I hate overly sexualized anime. I just can't stand it. And I was like, oh, great. But then like as it went on, I was like, well, it makes sense. Actually, I get it now. But like that, it was the like the first thing we see. Well, in the movie boy are you and in i for didn't a ride. i was just like okay <laughs> i know right oh my god that that's what one did i thing sign up for it's it's one thing that i i don't like to defend it because i understand why people don't like it but i think that fan service is kind of it's part of the culture i think the that the way that they do that and i don't think mm-hmm. it's necessarily i think if you can get past it and look past it sometimes it is over the top and just really just gross. But I think mm-hmm. some animes do that on purpose, like where they just like, it's, it's over the top. Like the angles are weird. Like, why do I need like an up the skirt angle in this shot? Like what? Like, like what are you not even talking about anything? They're just talking to each other and they just do this random shot like this. Like, what the fuck is this for? Like, who's this for? Um, mm-hmm. That, that kind of throws me at times, but um, I will say that sometimes I say I'd say the most part in, in, in romance type um type animes, I think they do that to like be like, hey, you paying attention? Like, you know, <laughs> just in case you weren't. Um, but I think that um it's best to look past those moments. I'm not excusing it, not saying it's it's great. Thank God it has that. But I think that a lot of anime does have it in there. I just don't want it to detract anyone from the, from this film specifically, or maybe any other film that is really good. Cause I I think fan service is kind of mixed in and fan service, by the way, is usually just like those little bit of moments of like, you did that because everyone was wondering everyone, everyone would wonder watching the film. Like, did he ever touch his boobs? Like, like that, I think that's like the thought. I mean, in the yeah, because that's why I I went to accept it. Because when I first saw it and it was the first image, it's out of context. Right. And then, like, when you put it into context, you're like, what's the first thing I would do if I was in a male's body? Oh, I have a penis. Yeah, yeah right. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch it because like that's different. That's that's new. Yeah, and vice versa. So I'm like, it makes sense. And she kind of has sense. to, considering like the first thing is I have to be like, it's like it's like it's. Oh my god! Yeah. Poor Mitsuha. Yeah. Poor sweet Mitsuha. Having to deal with morning wood so early into <laughs> into her See, experience. I don't, know what, I don't know what that's like. Yeah. yeah. But I guess my my last question for you, and if if you have any wrap up uh, questions as well, is 
sort of a random thought. What do you think that the mother's slash grandmother's experiences were? Do you think they were similar in nature? Or do you think this was just kind of like their their experiences were like, oh, yeah, you know, just experience a little bit of daily life, et cetera. I think to them it was treated like dreams and they didn't have the courage to go and like try mm. and meet their other half like Taki and um, Mitsuha did. Oh, I think they were why, unique. That's why her father's mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't think maybe her father um, was actually her mom's soulmate. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. If you could swap bodies with anybody in the entire world, who would it be? Gosh, real or not real or only real? How about both? Yeah, both. Okay, real. Um. See now, now, now my my eyes are open. That if I open my eyes to another gender, I also get to touch their boobs. If honestly, if I were to if I were to swap bodies, I'm not wasting my time. Um, we're we're finding, locating, and living the life of I'm gonna say Kira Knightley. All right, figuring out what's going on in that brain, and then fictional. So many options here. Probably control from Chainsaw Man. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, let, yeah. let me let me do. I've let me do. About, I've heard of Chainsaw Man on my periphery, but I don't um, know anything about it. Man, man, you don't man, have man, to get into control. it right now. No, yeah. I was gonna say yeah. I was gonna pick, I'll pick one that you knew. Maybe. Gosh, I mean, this is a difficult choice. No, uh, no, it's fine. Your answer stands. Yeah, you can't take it back. Okay, then what's mm -hmm. yours? I'm assuming since since you asked me that you had ones that you've been brewing. Um, I don't have like a specific person. I think I would want to like swap with some kind of Olympic athlete though. So I could just mm. know what it's like to feel powerful. Gotcha. Like have that raw power at my disposal. But like fictional, what kind of I haven't really sport, thought about it. <laughs> um, you want to be a swimmer? No, I don't want anything where I could die when I get thrown into the competition. Maybe I'll be, maybe I'll. I think you curl. can die in all of these. <laughs> I die curling. It doesn't look very intense. <laughs> Those things are heavy. You know, something could happen. Yeah, something uh, non-lethal. Rowing a boat. Curler. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Um, fictional though. Hmm. Spider-Man. Mm, that's a good answer. I should have picked superhero, huh? <laughs> too late. Yeah, too late. That's already been happening. Both of mine were female too, so I. <laughs> That tells you anything. Uh, so you know, I think I think that body swapping, if it were, if it, if it had been something they chose, I guess it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be nearly as as fruitful. Um, do you know what I would do if we swap bodies? What was that? What would you do? Go out and have delicious oysters. Oh, my my body would throw up. It would reject it. <laughs> <laughs> when you come back, all of a sudden you'll be craving them, and you'll be like. Oh, I really want oysters. People crave oysters. There's no hell way. yeah, we do. They're delicious. People, people, people are strange. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine anyone craving anything outside of junk food. Like junk food is like the first thing that goes in my mind. I guess I guess if we body swap, the first thing I would do is um I probably I probably make you enjoy whiskey. I guess that would that would be that would be mm -hmm. the thing. Get you get you on the the ten year uh, Scotch whiskey train. So we're just opening each other up to oh, and, and metal core. good food and good drinks. <laughs> metal core. Yeah. Gotta, right, gotta right. get you into the into the, the good genres. 
Um, it's truly what I need as a person to be well-rounded for sure. Yeah, yep. Those those specific two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got got to got to get this podcast sponsored by Liquid Death, and <laughs> and then and also. Uh, we got to get background music that is metal for this for this podcast for our intro. So it's it's gotta it's no gonna... <laughs> no just <laughs> just so flatly That's a no yeah, yeah yeah not yeah. gonna happen not gonna not happen. gonna happen. Um, I guess just to, unless you had any closing thoughts about the about the the film. Um, I really enjoyed this film. I think yeah. each time I watch it, I pick up more from it. And I think it's a really beautiful piece of art. That's honestly. a really good point. Yeah. I think, I think truly, uh, I, I've watched this maybe four times now and each time I was like, yep, did not notice that. And I, I'm very bad with films with that. So maybe that's just part of me, but like, I, I honestly missed a lot. And I think that's, what's great about this anime is there's so much that's just hidden or it doesn't tell you directly, but it's happening. And it's, you see it and you're like, wow, this film's amazing. Um, I guess the close, where would you rank scale, put this film, I guess, I guess I, I know your, I know your experience in, in anime may be limited, but where would you rank this film in comparison or to, to, to other films or romances that you've seen? I think that this is top tier. I think a successful romantic story brings out the best in people and, lets them grow into the to a better person than they were before and Mm -hmm. i think this covers that and does it in a beautiful way so i think it's really up there and i know i haven't seen a lot but i feel like as i continue to watch this will there's a reason why it was a hit i think the story is what carries it um and, and it does a great job so so don't get too spoiled off of the visuals even though they are very good um, I think that it's, it's a good starting point, um, for experiencing like the little tropes of, of romance anime. Um, and the deeper you go into it, they may go into more stuff that you do like, or don't like, just be sure to give animes like this a, a special chance because romance animes don't come along, um, as often as say shonen, which is like very actiony and very, uh, very action heavy. Um, I think this, oddly enough, is in the top three of grossing films. I think it's top two if you consider additional uh, funds coming from, uh, say, like U.S. But the ranking goes Demon Slayer movie, which is recent, a very, very big shonen, uh, Spirited Away, which is a Miyazaki film. Miyazaki, a great, great creator and pretty much retired mm-hmm. at this point but um but has amazing films and then your name is 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 top 3 my personal ranking for the film is is pretty much right along with yours if i were to give it anything i would say if out of 5 i would say this is maybe 4.8 and the only reason like 4.9 you know like it's as perfect as perfect can be um the only thing that kind of gets me is is on rewatching like if you tell me to first watch i'd say i'd say five out of five i recommend to anybody i'd say like after a few watches there's still bit some bits and pieces of, of confusion there but i would say like 4.9 like this it, it doesn't it, it it's because i if i'm going to detract anything it's going to be less than five but it's not a big hit and it's not really that it's not really important in the end i think the film explains this message explains multiple messages very well and the art is beautiful this the 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 sound the score is is beautiful um it does something that 
can't be done in a, in, in a, like a regular film without spending way a lot more money. Like there's no way that they could get this high caliber of a film in a, in a live action. I think that the fact that it's an anime comes, comes through and it's an amazing medium that it came through in. How interesting that so often I feel like anime doesn't translate to live action mm-hmm. yeah. at all. Like it only works within this medium. Yeah. And I think that that kind of goes to show is like, I think the fantastic nature of it, not just because it's a fantasy element, like you can have a body swap in a movie. Sure. But I think mm-hmm. that, you see so many different things here that just kind of add to your, like it adds to like your mental images and it, it's a, it can't be displayed in the same way. I don't think in, um, in, in a live action film. Well, even like watching the dub over the sub, like the dub didn't hit me as hard. Mm-hmm. There's just something about using the language to tell the story that makes it stand out, I guess. I think it's tone and in the way they do it in the subbed, I think it comes through um, a little bit better. And then the other part is, I think when you're reading the text, uh, unless you, unless you actually know Japanese, uh, like unless when you're reading, you're reading the text, I think that it adds a bit to like your mental imagination just because I mean, naturally mm-hmm. when you're reading your focus may be less directly on the image in front of you. I think the benefit mm-hmm. to the dubbed is that you're able to just, just watch like the visuals more. And I think because they're, they're speaking, they're speaking English in the dubbed, you're able to focus more on, do I like the voice of this character or connect to the voice a little bit more? But I think through the subbed, I think mm-hmm. the subbed will typically trump over dubbed in most situations because the tone just, it matches just a hint better. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, it adds to the, to the film. And makes it a positive. Now, dubbed can be dubbed can be good enough to where it doesn't detract from the film's quality, but I don't think dubbed can ever necessarily be better. Um, yeah, at least in my opinion. I agree with you. Well, yeah. where um, if anybody listening wants to find you, where can they find you? Give me your socials on the streets. Um, so, on the streets. <laughs> um, uh, you can find me anywhere under chill with sad dad. Um, I do stream on Twitch Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Normally we are playing video games versus reviewing anime, but, uh, we do have a lot of chatting as well as a discord, um, where we have a section for anime and then talking about anime. So, um, so that's always welcome. And then if anybody wants to recommend an anime that kind of fall along the same vein of, of romance um, and they, they want to recommend it, I'm always looking to add to like my repertoire here. Um, so if you have anything, hop in the Discord and, and definitely recommend animes that you liked and maybe drop in your thoughts about what you liked about uh, your name and um and uh or or kimi no nawa as well uh so just throw your thoughts in there and i'd love to have you in the community Woohoo! you can also find me um pretty much anywhere twitter instagram um and on twitch as well under the name minuet underscore xo i also stream video games for the most part um but of course i'm always open to talking about films movies Anything you want, really. Just talk to me, please. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Yeah. 
And that wraps it up for our first episode of uh, Kokoro B Podcast. Once again, uh, thank you guys for watching and thank you for uh, hearing my incoherent ramblings and also Minuet's well thought out <laughs> uh, writings as well. Um, and uh, hope to see you guys in the very next episode. Bye.